Where does morality come from? Why do people think that it's okay for them to live a different way? When it comes to morality, there are really only two options that we have as human beings. Either morality is something that's outside of us, given by a lawgiver, or it's something internal that we create ourselves. And that's what we'll be discussing today in Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. Yes, it's good to be back talking about morality. Yeah, it's going to be good. Now, we have just had a whirlwind of a weekend because we were at the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and it was awesome. Like, oh, yeah, I had a great, great time. We had uh, over 500 people out to hear about apologetics. We had students from, from middle school students through high school students through college students. Just a really great time of learning about yeah. apologetics. Yeah, it was super great. Uh, lots of good speakers there. Uh, Robbie spoke, and then we had um, Sean McDowell come in, and there was a, a lot of um, really intelligent minds there coming to uh, share with the students about truth, and it was a huge success. It really so. was. Like, we had a, an, an awesome time with it. And hey, if you are out there and you would like to um, purchase the plenary talks for the Deep Faith Conference, you can go ahead and email us or send us a DM on uh, Instagram or Facebook because we are going to be having the four main talks on video that you could download and you could check out yourself. It's going to be a pretty cool uh, opportunity to see the Deep Faith yes. Apologetics Conference on video video. Uh, Also, we'd love it if you would just follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. We have our Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders group. Uh, More and more people are asking to join that all the time. Um, And there's some pretty cool group of people in there that love to talk about apologetics and to share things that they're learning. So you definitely want to be a part of that community. And there's almost, almost like up to 200 people in there now, right? I think so, yeah. It's getting way up there. So really cool thing to be involved in. But yeah, the conference this weekend went really well. If you couldn't join us... well, we wish you would have. We wish you could have. Right, yeah. You know, we know a lot of people listen from out of town. But man, it was just such a great weekend of talking about um, tough cultural issues for teenagers. You know, we talked about transgenderism. We talked about homosexuality. We talked about pornography. We talked about evolution. There were breakouts on a whole bunch of different stuff. But we had a really great time doing a whole session that was just Q and A. Yeah, it was awesome. The students were super engaged with that. They got to pass around a little mic box and then uh, ask these great questions. And, uh, and a lot of them had some really thoughtful ideas about sexuality and how to address these issues in our culture and with friends. And so there were some really smart students there that were thinking critically. And that just sh- that alone shows that this conference was a success by seeing how the students were not only taking in the information, but they were also learning and growing from that and, and thinking critically to the point of asking these really good questions. So. Yeah, and it, it was interesting that a lot of the questions were based on moral issues. They were, right? Yeah. Um, we had a couple of questions on pansexual, uh, pansexuality, I think is yeah, how they call right. it. Um, very interesting stuff about that. Um, and uh, the idea, I guess, with pansexuality is that you're attracted to a person personality, uh, not so much an individual sex. 
Right. So you can be attracted to uh, different sexes because you're more attracted to the personality of a person than you are to their yeah. biological, you know, as yeah, so they, they say. they want to claim it's biological bi, it's, sex. They would claim it's whatever gender. Yeah, whatever gender I want to be, pan all, right? So um, that, that was interesting hearing students talking about that, saying that they had um, classmates that identify as yeah. pansexual. Um, but the idea of morality is a big one when it comes to humanity at large. And uh, Tyler, one of the things that, that Tyler was doing at the conference was he had the Christ Culture and Coffee table, and he interviewed students, asking them what they'd been learning, what was impactful to them. And we have an interview that he did with yes. a uh, female student at the conference, and we want to let you listen to that uh, right now, and then we're going to come back and talk about the issue that she brought up. Okay, we are back with another student to talk about their breakout session. And can you share your name with the audience? Hi, I'm Sarah. Sarah, all right. Thank you so much for being here out at the conference today. Uh, so uh, if you just want to tell our listeners, what breakout session did you go to? So we went to a breakout session about proving God's existence. Okay, cool. Uh, what, what did you learn in that breakout session? So they basically showed you how to prove God's existence through a lot of different ways. One of my favorite ways was um, talking about morality and that without the Bible and without God, we don't really have a sense of morality, like anywhere to judge it off of it. Just be like picking your favorite ice cream flavor. Like there's nothing to judge it off of. It's just right, your okay. opinion. But we have reasons to believe that the Bible is true and what God says is true. And that's where we get our morality from. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, objective truth is out there, right? <laughs> that's what they always say. The truth is out there. Yeah. That's kind of a big <laughs> saying. So uh, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, what was probably your favorite aspect of that breakout session? That was probably my favorite that part of it. That specific point? That's yeah. great. I think it really just like relates to people and you can really understand it and apply it to your everyday life. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for coming out to the conference. Of course. Okay, now hopefully you enjoyed that interview with the student Sarah. Uh, just really cool, unique position. I was sitting there at a Christ Culture and Coffee table booth that we had at the conference, and uh, students were walking up, and I was asking them questions and just interviewing them, seeing what they were learning, and it was really fascinating. We were able to pass out stickers and uh, these cool cards for them to um, just for them to keep. And this interview with Sarah was uh, pretty pretty cool. Just seeing her heart for uh, what she was learning. You could hear it in her voice. She was just excited to be there. And uh, it was just a really good time to get on a personal level with them and uh, hear about what they were learning from the conference. Yeah, and she brought up a really important point. Now, uh, when when trying to show God's existence, one of the main arguments that the atheist will use mm -hmm. is that um, evil exists, um, and why would God allow it? Or a lot of times they'll say, you know, the God of the Bible is a total jerk, and right. he's immoral. I, I heard one time uh, Christopher Hitchens was uh, debating, and he said that the core doctrine of Christianity is the most immoral of all. The idea of vicarious suffering, being able to cast your sins and your responsibility onto another person. Yeah. He said that is immoral. You should never be able to do that. You should be held accountable for what you've done. And now the question always becomes with this, Tyler, like, like Sarah was saying, is where do atheists get this idea of immoral? 
right. or moral, right? They admit that morality exists, but where does it come from and what can you anchor it on if there is no God? And so that's kind of what we yeah, want to delve yeah. into and talk about on today's episode. Yeah, and that's – I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really important to just focus on the fact that they make – objective moral claims. Mm-hmm. And they say that you can't do that. But where do they get that basis from? Where, yep. where do they get that? Well, and it, yeah, it's interesting because they, yeah. even, they even say, you know, religion isn't good for the world. Well, what do you mean by good? Yeah. Like, right. like what makes it bad? Right. And so that's the thing is, what are they basing this off of? Now, mm-hmm. oftentimes I've personally heard that our reasoning is that we, we as a human race, as a species, want to support each other in a way to survive, right? Uh, like yeah, that's survival kind of, becomes the morality. Exactly. And so that's where they get their morals from. But the thing is, even when you think about that, where does it say and why do we have to, where's the why behind helping the rest of humanity survive? Why is that a good thing? Yeah, right? well, I mean, even yeah. if it is a good thing, why should I care? Exactly. That's my point, yes. And, and, so, and the word should is important, right? Yes. Why should I care? What If there's no moral law giver and it's just uh, other humans saying we should take care of each other, who cares? Because I'm a human and I can just say I don't want to take care of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, So, exactly so an that. overarching moral for our species cannot exist without God's existence. And so we want to go through the argument for morality today. So here, here's the argument for morality. Uh, premise one, if God does not exist, then morality and law lose their foundations and there's no objective good and evil. Premise two, objective moral good and evil do exist. Premise three, therefore God exists. You have to have a God who is the moral law giver in right. order for there to truly be what we call objective morality. Right. Now, objective yeah. morality, it, it just means that it isn't subjective to my interpretation, my inner feelings, my ideas. I'm not the source of morality. Morality is objective. It's outside of me. Exactly. And, and so morality can only be one of two things. It's either objective or it's subjective. Yep. Right. Yep. But, but you can't make the claim that it is objective without having a why behind it. Exactly. Well, and this is this is what it kind of comes down to is is morality a preference or is it um, an obligation? Right. Right. So a, a preference would be, you know, that you you like a certain type of pizza. Yeah. Right. Like, do you like pineapple on pizza? I hate it. Good. Thank the Lord. You're a real Christian. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. But what's your favorite kind of pizza? Uh, I'm pretty casual. I just like pepperoni. See, I like sausage and bell pepper the best. Really? So here's here here's the question. Who's right and who's wrong? Neither. Neither. Why? Because we both have our own preferences. And not only that, that statement is true for both you and me. That my that uh, but if I were to make a claim and say that pepperoni pizza is the best pizza that's for all people for all time, that's when I make the objective claim yeah. that for everyone is. And that is not true. Yeah, because pizza flavors, pizza topping preference yeah. isn't a moral issue. It's a preference issue. Yeah. And you can apply this to ice right. cream. You can apply this to what kind of coffee you like the best, right? But it's all those are all subjective things. Right, because I am the determiner of what my favorite pizza topping is, right. and you're yeah. the determiner of your favorite pizza <laughs> topping. But are there things in the world that we're both morally obligated to follow? That's the question. Yeah. So people who are atheists, 
without a God to give an objective moral law have to basically reduce morality to personal preference and pizza topping flavors. You're right. That's exactly what has to happen. That's what has to happen. So in that worldview, now think about this. In that worldview, um, murder is wrong, but it's basically just your preference if you say it's wrong. Yeah, like it's you true. like pepperoni. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just saying I like pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, some some government in in wherever you know in India or in France or wherever, they might say, well, actually, no, murder's great, and we're all for it. Yeah, is that right or wrong? Well, it's, it's, if if yeah. there's no God. It's just preference. And it's according to whatever the government or higher, whoever has the highest power gets to determine the law. Yeah, That's because if it's subjective, then any group or really any individual can decide what's right for them. Yeah, That's now, true. Now, this is the thing. People don't really believe that. No one does because it's not a part of reality. It's not a part of reality. And you can ask questions like, is it ever right to torture babies for fun? Yeah. And everybody <laughs> who's not trying to be sarcastic or not crazy will say, no, it's never right to torture innocent babies for fun. Like, yeah. th- that's a horrible idea, right? Um, so, w- what I like to do when I'm talking with people who are pushing subjective morality is you just find what they are really passionate about um, being right or wrong. So, if they're an mm-hmm. environmentalist, you press environmentalist buttons. And you say, well, you know what? I'm glad you're saying morality is preference because I like to uh, just have a diesel truck and I like to leave it turned on all day in my parking lot. I want to leave the biggest carbon footprint possible. Um, I'm all for killing the dolphins and eating them. And if they get caught in tuna nets, no big deal. Shark fin soup. Yeah, shark fin soup. I mean, whatever, right? Um, And, you know, the vein in the top of their face will explode. No, right? That's wrong. You shouldn't. And that's when you go, ah, ah, ah. Shouldn't doesn't exist yeah. in a subjective morality. That's true. Shouldn't only exist if morality is objective, meaning that it is true for all people for all time. Right. And now with this, I think uh, it also there's also kind of the underlying idea that needs to be preset with people too is some people – need to understand the difference between objective and subjective truth also. Mm -hmm. Because with that, you have to understand that truth is objective in order to know that morality is unchanging. Yes. Yes, that's true. Well, and and, and that that becomes the question, right? Is like, okay, so again, stopping at red lights isn't a moral right or wrong. Right. But we do it because we care about human life. Right, right. Yeah. That's that's the overarching moral law that that comes into play, and so there are different preferences. You know, what, what, is it right to drive on the right side of the street or the left side of the street? Well, I mean, it depending depends on where you live. Yeah, it depends yeah. if you're in England or if you're in America, right? I mean, yeah, but, but yeah. it's not moral. Those are just preferences. But but the idea is to have order so that we don't hurt each other when we're driving. Yeah, you have to have this structure that everyone follows. Otherwise, there's danger, right? Yes, and, so and we don't want to hurt people. Yeah, and people people abide by traffic laws most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> and we're, but, but where's this idea that we don't want to hurt people anchored in and it right. if it's just a preference like a pizza flavor then i don't really have to follow it however we yeah. throw people in jail who don't follow it we act like they should have known they should have done better and for most cultures throughout all history uh hurting people is looked down upon it is yeah um lying is looked down upon 
right? Yeah. Stealing is looked down upon. Uh, all of these things that the Bible kind of teaches are wrong, um, people have recognized are wrong. And, and we didn't need the Ten Commandments to tell us this. Um, people before the Ten Commandments were given knew this. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is this is clear because the Bible talks about how we were created with a conscience, which is the um, ability of our soul to know what's right and wrong. Yeah. We're built with right. it. And you think about this, Tyler. Um, little kids don't need to be taught to feel guilty. They don't. Yeah. I never had to teach my kids to feel bad when they lie. They automatically feel bad. Why? Yeah. Because it's natural. That's what. That's how they were created. Yes. Yeah. God put a limiter in their heart, in their soul, to tell them, "Hey, that's bad. Don't do that." Yeah. And when you cross the line morally, you feel guilty about it. Yeah. Now, as as we continue to do this, we can sear our conscience and we can, you know, um, right. get over feeling bad. But this this initial feeling of guilt when we do something we know is wrong, where does that come from? Because it's not taught yeah. by parents to children. They automatically do it. Shame and guilt happen to them. It's because that's how God created us to be. He yeah, put I, a moral compass within us. I couldn't agree more. I think it's just a matter of how we were created to live. And th- that's the thing. A lot of people, too, with that, a lot of people tend to think that God's rules and morals, they look at they look at them as rules, and they're mm-hmm. like, I-, I don't want to abide by rules. I don't want to sure. live a certain way that confines me. Mm-hmm. Whereas in reality, the reason why, too, just like you were saying, Robbie, that we have this natural feeling of guilt that we don't have to be taught, in the same way, we are naturally created to follow these laws of morality that mm-hmm. God gave us, but not because it's just what he wants for the sake of just telling us to do something and being a rule, a, like a rule police, basically. It's mm-hmm. the goal is to help human beings live in the full potential of how we were meant to live. Yes. How to operate yeah. with what we were created to operate in. Right. And it's yeah. good. And it's good. And that's, that's why God designed it that way, because we were created to live good moral lives. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, and now some people will, will argue and say, okay, well, is a thing good because God said it is? Right. Or did God say it is because it's good? Right. Meaning there's a law above even God, and he just admits to what is good. So there's a God behind God. Or does he say it, and he could have just as easily said murder is good, and then that would have been good. Right. You see the argument? Well, but, no. That, the, because where, where does good derive from? Yeah. It derives from the character of God. Good is what he is. Yes. And any deviation from that is what we would call evil. Any lack of that is what we would call evil. Yeah, exactly. And so he's a life-giving God. Therefore, to take a life is morally wrong. It is. And and that makes sense. It it fits in with the natural order of things, and that's what we were created to do. Yep. He's a God who always speaks the truth. The Bible says he's not a man that he can lie. So to lie is deviation from the character of God and who he is. So that is therefore wrong. Right. Right? Yeah. So so this is where uh, morality is anchored. It's anchored in who God is. He didn't just make up rules to give. He uh, is, is telling us who he is in his character, and that is the basis for what is morally right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with that um, – we as Christians have an anchor for objective moral values. Hmm. We can say that murder is wrong for all people in all places 
for all times, right? Why? Based on God is a life-giving God, and to take a life is to deface what he has done. And yes. It's the opposite exactly. of who he is. And if we're image bearers of God, we should operate as representatives of him, not deviate and opera- yeah, yeah. Op- operate in the opposite direction of who he is. And again, it, this is a good thing. We, we want to yes. be following this because it's best for humanity. Because uh, think about that. When, uh, if everybody was going around killing each other mm-hmm. and living a life of anarchy where they, we, we just did whatever we wanted, that would be insane. Yes. We, there, that's what, that's why, why we call it civilization. Yeah, right? civilization is not doing what you feel you should do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that that we civilize ourselves and we follow strict laws because these things are good for us. And we know that. Yeah. And, and it's good for our society too. Right. Yeah. Now, um we're going to take a quick break cuz we do want to come back and talk about yes. how the atheist morality leads to atro- atrocities cuz it does, but they also don't play by their own rules. They try to um deface God by saying he's immoral when they really don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to objective morality existing. So let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Stop saying reconciliation. Stop saying racism. Reconciliation implies that diverse groups of people were at one time at a point of conciliation, but that hasn't been the case. As the people of God, we're the only humans who have experienced true reconciliation. There is no one better to enter this tension with hope and solutions. What does God say about racism? In the Bible, he addresses it, but it's not our 21st century Americanized version of racism. He gets at the core, the sin of partiality. And when we really understand that, we can learn how to embrace our kingdom ethnicity and teach others to do the same. Read Intentional by D.A. Horton as he breaks down how God addresses these issues and the practical guidance for where we go from there. Following Jesus holistically means holding intention our unique ethnic heritages while being part of a new humanity. Go to dahorton.com to learn more about intentional. All right, so we are back from hearing from our sponsors, and we're going to get back into the topic at hand. So again, with it, when it comes to morality, this is something that is good, right? We want to be following after God's will for us because, because it is good for our well-being. Mm-hmm. It is good for us because it's how we were created to operate. Um, but when it comes to atheism, they don't have a leg to stand on with objective morality. Right. And so this is this is the, the conundrum they uh, find themselves in. So a lot of atheists will claim the God of the Old Testament is just an evil, mean, malevolent, uh, megalomaniac who's all about control and power and wiping out. And how often, Tyler, have you heard, um, <laughs> what about the genocide in yeah. the Old Testament? What what about the Crusades and the life that was? The Crusades you know, gets brought up more than yeah. I think it's it's insane. Anything, yeah. Uh, that religion is not good for the world. All of these things. Now, now here's the funny aspect of this: if atheism is true, they can't call any of that stuff immoral. Yeah, you're right because it's just a preference. It's just them saying, "I don't really like the thing that God did in the Old Testament," in the same way as I don't like pineapple pizza. Yeah, but it's not a moral thing. That's just a subjective your opinion thing, and you can't get mad about God about it 
because you don't have objective yeah. moral so that's, values. That, that's a great point, Robbie. So why should atheists even be, be speaking out against Christianity in the first place? Because it's mm-hmm. just our perf- personal preference, right? Well, yeah, and why does Christopher yeah. Hitchens say that the core tenet of Christianity is the most immoral of all, vicarious substitutionary atonement? And where does you he can't get that? say that. Yeah. Where do you get this idea of moral or immoral? It's just if atheism's true, which it's right. not, but if it is, he's just making up what his preferences are, and he has a right exactly. to do that and say that, but he can't claim that anything is wrong for all people for all time. He just has to say, I don't prefer that. So if atheism is true, what happened in Nazi Germany is no big deal. You're right. You're right. We can't look at that. And In fact, if atheism is true, what happened in Nazi Germany follows along with their theories, with mm-hmm. progressing the survival of the fittest mentality. Yeah, right? because of the biogenetics and biogenesis stuff that yeah. they were they were saying um, that you know they claimed that the Aryan race was the most purely evolved race of yeah. human beings, and they were trying to rid the world of the impure, which exactly. obviously yeah. was the Jews, but also mentally handicapped people and things. Yeah, which of course that's yeah, it's not. But true. Regard- yeah. regardless of of how heinous it is, nobody who's an honest atheist can look at that and say that was immoral for all people for all time. They just have to say, well, I don't really like pineapple pizza, but the Germans liked pineapple pizza. And so, you know, that's what they did. Because yeah. they, as a subject, subjectively as a group, they decided for their culture that this was moral and this is okay. Yeah. And who's to say that it's not? Yeah. However, the Sorry. world responded and said, this is atrocious. You cannot do this to human beings. Why? Yeah, because yeah. that is an objective moral value that God has placed in the hearts of human beings. We know what's right and wrong. We know what's right and wrong. The problem with the atheist that makes these um, moral claims about Christians are immoral or the God of the Old Testament's immoral or the Crusades were immoral or whatever, the reason they do this is because they actually do live in God's world. Yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> with objective morality. And so the, the very act of them arguing that way is admitting objective moral values exist, which undermines their position of atheism. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And so th- they have no leg to stand on, just like you said, Robbie. They it's, have it's, no leg. They're cutting their legs out from under them with the argument they're proposing. Yeah, it's self-defeating because they make claims saying that there's no morality, but they're making a moral claim that it is immoral to impose morality. Yes, and so and, and it even goes further. So I've seen people yeah. make arguments, uh, atheists make arguments. I think the man's name is Stephen Fry. He's a, a British actor. Yes, I've heard. Yes, and I've seen him say things like, um, "There's a beetle, you know, that will get inside of a skull of a child and eat the child f- from its eye sockets out." And you're saying that God created that. That is an immoral thing for God to do to create something that would do that to a child, and that. Now, th- listen, that pulls on your heartstrings, and you yeah. go, whoa, that, what in the world was God thinking with this beetle? Why would that exist? Why would kids be harmed this way, right? Yeah. However, if atheism's true, we still have this beetle that eats kids. What's their answer for it? Yeah. And Stephen Fry can't say that's wrong. All he can say is, I don't like it. But, you know, I also don't like pineapple on my pizza or I don't like pepperoni or I don't like whatever. But you can't say it's wrong and I'm real upset about it. You can't. Yeah. You can't. And so – So you can see how contradictory this is. They're contradicting themselves by making that type of a claim. But it has power rhetorically. It sounds good because we all do know that objective moral values exist. And we all know that the the beetle – 
a beetle that eats children's eye, eyes from the inside out like is horrendous. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that that's bad and that's wrong. But that's because creation is corrupt and it's just there. there's evil in the world. And that's the case. But atheists can't make the claim of where that evil came from and why it's evil. Why is it yes, evil? That's they, the, they have it's no the reason why. for that. Yeah. They that's say well, they, they kind of act like, well, obviously it is. All of us know it is. So why? Which yeah. is true. Why? We all do that's know it question. is. But that's our worldview. Right. That's not their worldview. Based on their worldview, you should just feel indifference to other people's preference. Yeah. But but we don't. Right. We all believe there are things that are obligatory morally for all people for all time. That's right. And atheists apply it to Christians and say, you're doing evil. This is atrocious. Uh, atheists will apply it to God and say, genocide's atrocious. And what he did in the Old Testament is evil. And how could you follow a God like that without realizing that they have no leg to stand on when it comes to evil? Now, Tyler. One of the things, one of the tactics that atheists take a lot with this is when you make this argument, they will claim, are you saying that I can't do anything good without believing in God? No, that isn't what we're saying. We think that atheists can do good things. I think yeah. that anybody can do good things because God created us with a, with a conscience, with right, morals. Yeah. So I'm not saying that atheists don't do good things. What I'm saying is they have no reason to think good exists. They have no reason to think anything is moral at all. And so, but but you you'll be surprised if you watch debates between atheists and Christians. This is a tactic that the atheist takes, and they'll sidetrack the Christian with that claim. Are you saying that I need God to be good? Are you saying that I need God to be moral? Yeah. I live a more moral life than a lot of Christians I know, and there's truth to yeah. that. But that's not what we're saying. We're just saying you have no reason to believe that there are objective moral values. However, you do believe in them by making these statements that apply to all people for all time, or even to God. Yeah. So we can't get um, kind of sidetracked. It's it's called a red herring. It's a, it's an argument that leads you off the scent, that leads you off track. And that's one of them that they'll use a lot when it comes to the moral argument because they honestly don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to this. Yeah. If right. atheism's true, all morality is subjective at best. It's just preference. But nobody lives like that. Yeah, nobody lives like that. Everyone believes that there are right and wrong things that people are obligated to follow. They should do. On the atheistic worldview, you just can't have should. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that that, is, that argument is very powerful when talking to atheist friends about morality. Because when you really break it down, that's what, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to why, right? Keep asking that question, why should we be living moral lives. And then, yes. And then if they follow that up with saying, well, it's because it's good for humanity. Why? But I don't why care. Is it good for why, sh- why should I care what's good for humanity? Exactly. And then you follow that up with, with uh, the, if they say, well, because it's, it, it's your duty and it's like, then where does that come from? They yeah, have, duty see, can't come from an, from an atheistic worldview. Exactly, it can't. And no. so you hear these arguments all the time, but it, and then it becomes circular reasoning. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth behind it is, is they, uh, a lot of times atheists just don't like the idea of believing in God. So yes. they choose to live in a false reality, even though they still live in the true world that God created. Yeah, I heard I heard uh, Doug Wilson, he's a Christian uh, theologian, apologist, one time. He told an atheist, he said, listen, you keep getting into 
the Christian worldview car and trying to run it into a tree. What you need to do is get in your own car, (laughs) get in your own worldview, because you're pretending half of Christianity is true with objective morals and then trying to show how God's horrible with morality. You can't do that. You need to live in the worldview you live in and say, yeah, whatever people do is fine because it's their preference and nothing is obligatory for anybody. Yeah, but I think sometimes it's comfortable for them to just piggyback off of these ideas because mm-hmm. it's it's the reality that we live in, mm-hmm. right? One time, one of my professors at school, he, he told this story. He said that uh, he was talking about uh, objective morality with a student in a dorm room, and the mm-hmm. student was being kind of sarcastic, and I just don't believe objective morals exist. I think it's you know created by society. It's created by each individual, whatever they want to be moral. And the professor's like, oh, okay, yeah, great. And he said there was a new stereo in this guy's dorm room. So he went over to the stereo and he unplugged it from the wall and he picked it up and he started to walk out with it, steal it. Yeah, yeah. And the kid said, hey, what are you doing? And he said, I'm taking your stereo. I like it. I want it. So I'm, I'm going to take it to my house. And the yeah. kid said, you can't do that. And he said, I can't do that? Yes, I can. I physically am strong enough to stop you from stopping me. I physically am capable of unplugging it from the wall. I'm physically capable of picking it up. I I literally can take (laughs) this. And he said the student looked at him and said, no, I didn't mean you can't take it. I mean you shouldn't take it. Oh, shouldn't? You mean there's some moral obligation that applies to all of us and I can't just create my own morality? Yeah. And the student got it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do believe in moral, objective yeah. truth. Yeah, right? no one lives like that. That's no one lives like that, man. Mm-hmm. No one lives like that. We all want justice, yeah. right? J- the, the idea of justice and seeking justice and going to court over things proves we believe that there are moral obligations all of us are bound to. I know. And, and what it really boils down to is that I think that people tend to just form their own philosophical ideas based off of how they want to live their lives, mm-hmm. which typically involves uh, sex or, or religious or belief. religious beliefs. Yeah. Those are the things they want to be subjective. Yeah, because that's what they want to. They want to not feel guilty or feel condemned or obligated by some higher power mm-hmm. or authority, and they want to live how they want. And with that, they have these philosophical views that fit in with their preferences. Yep. And that's how it works. And uh, it, it makes sense. It does because they want to, they're trying to form the world around the way that they want to live. Well, but subjective morality puts you in the place of being God. It does. You're creating yeah. what you want to be right or wrong. And that's the thing. It's not in tune with reality. No, and you don't live by it. You don't. Because you yeah. w- don't want other people taking your stuff. Mm-hmm. You think they shouldn't, right? Right. Not that just you don't prefer people to take your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. No, they shouldn't do it. And you know that they shouldn't <laughs> do it. And you know that they shouldn't kill you. And they, you know that they shouldn't you know, steal your wife. And you know that they shouldn't lie to you about We all know these things. Right. And we want justice when people break the objective moral values. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that is the core what's going on with the, this. The other way that, that um, atheists, um, how do I want to say this? The other way that they totally wreck their worldview or at least betray their belief is right. by saying, you know, good person. Have you heard mm. this before? Yeah, I'm a good I, person. I'm a good person. Okay, now stop right there. 
where do you get this standard of good from? Now, let's let's apply this to um, sports. So right yeah. now, as we speak, the best and most beautiful and amazing franchise in the NBA yeah. is the Phoenix Suns. That's of true. Course, right? That's objectively true. That, yeah, right. More I wish. For all people all time. <laughs> I wish it was. It's not. That's a subjective <laughs> truth because we're from Arizona and we like our Suns, right? And they're doing good now, which is great. But how do we know that the Suns or a specific player on the Suns is a good basketball player? We know who is good or who's the best based on how well they do um, in scoring hoops and things like that while following the rules of basketball. If there were no rules to basketball, if, if making shots didn't give you points or if sometimes it gave you 10 and sometimes it gave you negative seven <laughs> and there's no out of bounds and you could throw it off of people in the crowd yeah. and there wasn't traveling. If, if there were no rules, you literally couldn't know who was good at the game and who was bad at the game because there isn't a good or bad. Yeah, It goes the same way with the world. You couldn't know who's a good person and who's an evil person unless there is some kind of rules that the players aren't making up as they go along. <laughs> and that's the problem with atheism. They can only be players making up the rules as they go along. But on that view, you wouldn't be able to recognize who's a good player and who's a bad player. Jeez, does that make sense? Yeah. It does. It does. And not only that, basketball would suck if there weren't any rules. Ugh, with it. it would be nobody'd watch it. It'd be laughable. And you know what? It's like playing a game yeah. with a little kid and they keep changing the rules. It's nonsense. Well, that's kind of what it is with morality that's been happening here in our culture. People yeah. people shape it and they don't follow the rules. And, and they say, yep. I can do what I want. I can travel and do like, toss the ball off the yeah. crowd. I can and go out of bounds. Actually, it harms them. Yeah. But getting back to it. Everybody recognizes, oh, they're a nice person. They're a good person. They're a kind person. People make these statements all the time. Yeah. Without there being an outside rule of what kind means or what good means or what evil is, you couldn't recognize that people were good or evil. It's true. So yeah. the fact that atheists do and argue that they are more moral than a lot of Christians they know betrays their worldview. It does. That's Do right. you see the yeah. problem is, but this is the truth of it. They're living in the real world that God created, and you, you can't get out of it. Yeah. That's what's right. going on. So when it comes to um, God's existence, one of the good arguments to make is that there is moral objective values, which implies there needs to be a moral objective lawgiver. Right, yeah. And I, I think this is a powerful argument with atheists because it, it shows – that they they have to create an explanation for this, and and yep. honestly, there there are no good explanations on their end. There for aren't, this. and they don't really believe what they're saying because they, don't. they think yeah. there's certain rules that apply to everybody. Yeah, right, and it's sad, and it's sad. It is sad. No, it it really is. So. Well, we're excited that Sarah brought that up at the yeah, Deep Faith Conference. Right. We're thankful for the breakout session she went to on God's existence and how it equipped her and so many other students on making the yes. defense for who God is. We, we thank all of the breakout session speakers who were at the conference, all the main speakers. Man, it was just such a great event to spark conversation and help kids start thinking critically about what they believe. Yes, and then uh, again, not only just for the students, we just hope that uh, just this podcast in general has been an encouragement to you, learning about morality and thinking through uh, how to interact with atheists on 
their beliefs and morality. And uh, if you have any stories that you want to share with us about atheists engaging with them and talking about morality, please uh, send us a message on one of our social media platforms because we would love to hear back from you. And our goal for this episode was to be able to equip you to be able to defend your faith and be confident in your faith and to be able to go out and share this information with those around you so that way people can be educated on the truth. Absolutely. Now, we do want to let you guys in on something exciting happening yes. here at Christ Culture and Coffee. We will be releasing YouTube videos starting... Ready for the drum roll? Yep, here it goes. Boom. Boom. Next week. Next week. Next week. Yep, we're going to be putting out five-minute videos that are like quick tips to help you think critically about apologetics issues, to yes. help you uh, know good resources, to talk about terminology, to talk about bad ways of, of sharing the gospel, bad ways of conversing with Mormons and Muslims. Yes. Um, videos on a whole gamut of – do you like that word gamut? Gamut. It sounds A whole gamut of different issues. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But then – with that too. We want this to be a quick reference. So sometimes it's kind of hard to follow along with a 30, 45 minute podcast if you're trying to get a quick answer to discussing a debate with a Mormon friend or if you want to quickly bring up, uh, if you want to learn something quick, like yep. quick resource, this is what the goal of the YouTube videos are for. It's so that way you can quickly access them, three to five minute videos, uh, and just get answers to your questions. And that is the goal of our YouTube series too. Same goal as the podcast. We want to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith, and then to go out and share that truth with others. Yep. So next week, we will be on all our social media platforms releasing information about our YouTube channel and launching that. Make sure to go visit visit it, and continue to be equipped to reach your culture with truth. Well, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. You may be wondering where the coffee is right. this week. Um, the coffee is in our system. We have had a long, long yeah. week with the conference and with teaching at church and <laughs> preaching at um, another church, and it has just been exhausting, and coffee yeah, is the thing that's kept us going. Yeah, yeah. And I am grateful to the Lord for the creation of coffee, especially in long weekends like this last one we've had. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. It's just uh, so that is the coffee tip for today is that we have been drinking coffee because we've had a long week. And you know what? Some of you may have had a long week. Yep. So go ahead, sip some coffee right now. Yep. Ro Robbie's yawning as we speak. I, mean, I am. Like it's, just, <laughs> it's happening. <I'm> pretty tired. <laughs> This week has been exhausting for me, so yeah. I am going to uh, drive home right now, and I'm going to get some more coffee so that I am ready to go for um, <laughs> what I always refer to as my real job, uh, being home with my wife and my kids. Right. Every day when I get home, I say, your real job starts now. That's good. Um, and I yeah. need to be ready for that. So I'm going to get some coffee right now, actually. So, well, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Make sure you check out our YouTube uh, channel as it launches next week. And we will be back with our regular podcast next week as well. Thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.